Hey, this is Ollie from Broadside, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross, junior editor at the magazine. Uh, Joining me as always, Terms and Wills, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm back. You are back. How was your holiday? It was bloody lovely. Yeah. I had a really nice time. Lovely. I, I missed you guys. Oh, I missed you too. And Jack Rogers, how are you? Hello, Will. You good? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't go anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same You went to see American Satan last I, night. I did go and see American Satan. <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> just saying, just... Just go and see it. Like I, I could talk for an hour about it. Just go and see it. Man, cannot wait. So last week we had, of course, Jenna McDougall and Jaden Seeley. Really, really brilliant stuff. Jenna's chat was um, extremely emotional and frank. And I, you know, as I say, I, I didn't really, I didn't know what to expect going in. So that was absolutely amazing. And then Jaden talking about the new WithCon album. You know, it's nearly done. Really, really exciting stuff. So we cannot wait for that. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. This week, we have got the goth dream team. We've got Chris Motionless from Motionless in White talking about, it was going to be a kind of retrospective on the year for the band and Graveyard Shift as an album, but he ended up coming out of the traps talking about the lyrical reaction to the album and things like that. So stay tuned for that. Really, really interesting. Pretty full-on stuff. And of course, as well, Ash Costello talking everything, new project, The Haxons, everything New Year's Day, revealing some exclusives about what's coming up for New Year's Day. All sorts of stuff. We cannot wait for that. So stay tuned. First, Tams in the news. Waterparks have announced their new album, Entertainment, and dropped new banger, Blonde. The album drops on January 26th. Cannot wait for that. Pete Wentz has revealed that Fall Out Boy are officially done recording Mania. Neck Deep have rescheduled their Nottingham show at Rock City for November 5th. Alex Gasgarth has appeared on Lindsay Sterling's Christmas tune, Time to Fall in Love. Asking Alexandria have revealed their new album will be self-titled and have dropped a new song called Where Did It Go? Warp Tour have launched an online survey for who you want to play the festival next year. Check out our website, rocksound.tv, to see more about that. And finally, the Somerset have announced an indefinite hiatus. Wow. Boo. Boo. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty sad on that that front, really. But um, yeah, interview one, Chris Motionless. Uh, so yeah, as I say, he came out of the traps with all sorts of stuff that, again, I wasn't really expecting about. It was going to be quite a, uh, and it did turn to a very positive chat. But at first, I thought it was going to be quite a positive chat about their year and the success of the album. But he had some scores to settle on uh, certain things about from both sides, from both his own side and from you know people, critics and that sort of thing side on lyrics on the album Graveyard Shift that came out this year so all sorts of stuff so yeah strap in stay tuned this is chris motionless from motionless in white so in terms of i guess to kick off in terms of listening back to graveyard shift now you know it's been with us for a good few months people have had time to absorb the songs um it felt like you tried a lot of new things a lot of new ground cover for the band and some really really interesting things addressed lyrically as well are you very proud of it listening back (laughs) i love i love the the very interesting lyrical thing (laughs) um yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at it as I, it's one of those things where it's always the, you know, the new release that the band's like, this is our best release ever. And I, I, I do feel that way because we are a band that I feel like is constantly trying to put out an album that tops the last record. So we wouldn't put it out if we didn't feel that it did. Um, so I, I look at it as a, as a, 
as a success for the band. And I, I now see, you know, you're, you're very nice enough to, to use the term interesting <laughs> or, uh, I, I, yeah, that's what you said. Interesting lyrical content, whereas others are not, not as, uh, forgiving. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely some lessons learned and, and what to, and what not to put out there, I think, as far as what people are like the limits of what people are going to understand about what we're trying to do as a band and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I look at it as, as a pretty big success with some lessons learned to take going forward into the next one. It's interesting you say that. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I was going to kind of delve into the lyrical side of things. Um, but I mean, I was going to go from, from quite a positive point of view because I think you address some very, uh, important and as I say, interesting things. Um, but yeah, I guess in, in terms of what you've just said then in terms of lessons learned and that sort of thing, what, where does that come from? Was it just some of the things and kind of how, I guess how, um, kind of a no holds barred maybe you were on certain topics is, is that kind of what you mean by that well yeah i mean i there's i mean i think i, I guess i kind of took for granted that that people were a little bit more under the impression of where the band sits with that uh, on our last record we really tried to make efforts to have songs that were you know the, the lot a lot more serious a lot more uh where the lyrics are are very formal and very forward and into what we're trying to say, but there's also songs on the last album that are just kind of out there just to be entertaining and, and meant to be fun and not the complete opposite, not taken seriously. And with this album, I took that even further where uh, I started kind of bringing in that not so serious uh, lyrical content into songs that were serious. And that's something I thought was going to be okay. But now realizing that even, even the fans were kind of just like, that's, interesting uh you know i don't want to do that again because i don't want to ruin a song to a listener uh because they can't they can't exactly seem to understand uh or don't don't really like the the combination of the not so serious and the serious uh as far as songs like you know there's a song in the album on the new one called not my type that is literally meant to be the most ridiculous song ever written and it's very inspired by our our love for the horror genre and just it's just meant to be an entertaining song. And I, I saw a lot of people that were just kind of like, what the fuck is it? Like, what, what is this? I, who, who wrote these lyrics? And I'm like, I, I just, I just want to reach out to these people and be like, why are you, why are you saying this in such a serious tone? Like at what point could you have read any lyrics from this song and thought this thing is really serious about what they're saying? Like, like, no, it's meant to be stupid and funny and, and give you a break from, from all that seriousness of the other song. And it, it, I think the most negative thing for me that I took away is that because of a lot of those moments in the album, nobody looked at what I thought to be some of my best lyrical content ever written. I got no, I mean, I don't need praise or anything like that, but of course it's nice to see that people could pick up on, uh, positive things. I got no praise that I could recognize on any of the lyrics that I thought were some of the best lyrics I've written because so many people were so focused on the the lesser serious or the or the the dumb ridiculous over the top lyrics and that's what I mean by lesson learned if i i feel like the band may have taken a bit of a hit because a lot of people who could have liked the songs and could have liked the the music were kind of really thrown off by the lyrics and that has happened to me with other bands that i've listened to where i could just be like i really like this band but you know, I, I can't, I just don't relate to the lyrics or I can't, I think the lyrics are, are bad or, or just something completely out of what I, you know, 
if, it, if it's like a Christian band that I might like their music, but I can't really relate to the lyrics, it, it's definitely out of footing. So I understand where that's coming from, and that's what I mean by lesson learned. Yeah, because I mean, as I was going to say that you know, um, to, for songs like "Not My Type," there there is a real positivity to them. In that, you know, I, I remember you did a feature with us earlier this year, and you said it's actually, you know, you actually wanted to kind of vocalize a message of kind of self acceptance and things like that with that song, a song like "Rats" as well. And was it so? In that sense, was it kind of you wanted to 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 focus on these these more serious, you know, important topics? But you kind of because you know the world's such a mess right now, and you know everything is so depressing. I, I guess was that a kind of a way of like you say just adding a bit of a fun vibe to that as well and kind of I guess making it so that people were still getting the, these messages and still you know you were still very much um, talking about things you cared about but it was it was a way of kind of doing that in a, in a, in a fun and I guess accessible way yeah I, I, it was meant to be one of those things that I feel I, I guess where I where it's coming from is similar to what you said and in, in that I feel like a lot of people look at our band like we take everything so seriously and we just kind of like, we, we just sit there and, and think like we're the most serious, most, you know, t- like our message is, is our message. And if you're not willing, you know, like, it, like we have that attitude towards it and we, and we don't, at least not anymore if we ever did. And I thought that this would be a good way to show people that the band isn't just sitting there uh, being, you know, little crybaby negativity written, uh, kids about shit. We were, you know, we're a band and music is meant to be entertaining. And we thought that we were doing a good job at mixing it up throughout the songs where, you know, you have a song that's, you know, the, the first track on the album there, it's even funnier that there actually are serious messages behind some of the songs that are, you know, like, like rats, it's, there is a serious message behind it. It's just the lyrics are a little bit more, I guess, flamboyant. It would maybe be the word. Uh, and it, it, I, I guess it just didn't come across the way that maybe we thought it did. And whether that's a listener error, a writer error or neither or both, uh, it just is what it is. But I, I still think I'm really, I'm really proud of the songs and it, they were meant to, to be that break from all the seriousness and all the, all the negativity that, that is constantly, uh, around us yeah you know 100% because I mean as well I remember you sort of talking about the song soft as well I mean do you think on that kind of tangent I mean do you think that there is a sense of maybe slight extreme political correctness you know especially on the internet right now you know obviously there's some very important things being discussed but you know there seems to be this culture of people wanting to rip things apart in every possible little way and I mean do you think that 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 actually can kind of make positive things and positive discussion quite into a potentially quite negative thing. Yeah. I, I mean, with, uh, <laughs> with that song in general, the, the, the entire approach for that was to have that start. It's to like put a, a very sarcastic, very like, uh, challenging attitude towards these people that are like that. You know, a lot of the lyrics of the song are just, are very, I felt like if I was going to be addressing those people that were, you're referring to, I didn't want to be on the same level as them and be another person that is equivalent to going on Facebook, bitching about Facebook, you know, like I, I just, I hate that, that kind of shit. Or I didn't want to be a person that has, you know, uh, a fucking Trump sign in the front in my front yard and then goes on the internet and complains about Donald Trump or the political system. You know, like I, I, I just, I hate that, that mentality 
So when I approached that song, it was meant to be very sarcastic and very challenging to people who are so negative and will go on the internet and rip everything apart. And that's why those lyrics are, are that way. They're, they're meant to be like, just like, I, I, I don't even know what, what the per- proper expression is other than just sarcastic and like, Oh, what's the matter? Cry baby. What's wrong? Like the, the song was supposed to, there you go. It was supposed to be like I was addressing a crying child, and that's why I say crybaby so often, or like talking to people the way that people talk to animals, like, oh, what's wrong, you know, and, and challenge that. And that's, I guess that just did not come across uh, to some people, but maybe did for others, and I guess I'm happy that it did for, for the ones that got it. With songs like Loud and things like that as well, you know, I read some really brilliant stuff as well about, you know, you were very inspired by workshops that you did at Warp Tour and things like that last year. And, you know, that must have been really, really amazing and inspiring. I mean, take us inside those experiences a little bit. Like, they obviously affected you in a huge way, you know, for you to kind of channel them into these songs. Like, take us inside that a little bit. How was it meeting, you know, fans and, and people that were just, you know, that you could share experiences with and things like that? Dude, it, it was there. There were some of the most intense conversations I've had in my life in in those meetings. I, uh, you know, you mentioned loud being a, a track that reflects those meetings, and then uh, there's another song on the album, Voices, which is essentially the it's it's just two songs about the exact same story. There's like the the light and the dark version of the same story. Um, I, you know, every day I wasn't even really sure what to expect. I was just kind of going in there and and wanting to see how how the fans took it every day and it there's obviously a very uh a very uh evident need for for at least our types of fans to to find someone to reach out to because they have a lot to say and a lot they're harboring a lot of a lot of feelings that that they don't really have a chance to express anywhere else and what i think affected me the most out of every day was watching everyone in this group kind of talked to each other. There were moments where I didn't even talk for 10 minutes. I was listening to other people in the group share experiences with each other. And I would watch people walk away, you know, giving hugs to one another, exchanging phone numbers and like talking about meeting up to watch another band later on. And that to me was what, what I think really shook me was like, right. It's it, it actually, I don't think people realize how easy it is to have a connection with somebody, especially through something so powerful as music. And then when it's right there in front of you, watching it just happen and proving how, how music and how uh, like a general community of, of people that feel the same about something, how powerful that is. I, I just couldn't walk away and not write, you know, something about it. Um, and that, that, I don't know. It just, it just made me feel totally inspired about music and about, our fans and, and people out there that, that are uh, reaching out for a hand and, and just made me want to kind of dive back into to promoting that, that, you know, music and other fans and music can, can be there for one another. Um, and those two songs definitely kind of just came out of it in, in a lot of the, it just highlights a lot of the conversations that we had, whether it was some of the better ones where everyone was laughing or some of the ones where I, I'm pretty sure every single person at the, at the workshops were, in tears over some of the really gnarly, deep, dark stuff that we were uh, we were hearing from other people. No, that's absolutely incredible. I, I mean, because as well, you know, you with Eternally Yours, uh, I remember you saying to us that, you know, you'd um, essentially that was new ground for the band as well, especially lyrically, because it was it was a quite a romantic song. I mean, how I know, you know, in that sense, a very positive song as well. Like how um, how was that to write as well on the flip side to that? Was that was that quite a challenge or did it just kind of flow naturally? 
Uh, I think it was pretty natural. I mean, we, we've had songs that are a, a bit more poetic and romantic in the past, um, where it was kind of coming from more like a tragic or a negative place, but still, still with a very uh, romanticized or poetic way of, of looking at that. And with this one, it was it, it was essentially just removing the negativity of the the story out of it, and more so looking at something that was a little bit more positive. It, it the you know the, the fans think that it's about just my current relationship, which it is it is not directly about that. I mean, obviously, I'm for me personally, I'm definitely in a, in a greater spot in my life relationship wise than I've ever been, but. Uh, it, it's not just like me being like, Hey, look at me. I'm super stoked on life and my relationship now. And that's what this song is about. You know, it's, it, it's not that it's not just that black and white. It's, it's a story that I created because fans really enjoy, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the songs that we've had that have been based off of like characters from movies and, and my take on putting myself through, the, through their eyes on this album, I wanted to kind of create my own stories for, for an album and take a, take a break on writing through other people. And the story is a very, uh, a very romantic metaphorical way on what, what two people have been really hurt in the past, uh, have experienced. And, and when they immediately recognize they have a connection over their past and over the hurt and the pain that they felt, um, eternally yours is about, um, this metaphorical afterlife, which is, that pain and that that brokenness that you felt after years of of you know negative relationship aspects in your life and two people bonding over that so there's a lot it's a lot deeper than i think people think that it is and and that's um something that that did come naturally to me because it was just something that i needed to write about Wow, yeah, because because as well, you know, a song like Hourglass as well. I mean, that's I guess a, a sort of a, even heavier topic. But is there a positivity to that song as well? Because it felt like you know, in a way, you were talking about how you know mortality is a thing, and you know, in that sense, we should be kind of living lives to the absolute full. Is that kind of where you were going with on that song? Yeah, I, I think uh, that one's definitely one of the darker tracks of the album. That one, and I'd say Voices are two of the the darkest, and that is. You know, Hourglass is very, very inspired by uh, a lot of issues I went through last year with my dad's health. Uh, you know, I was in the middle of recording the album, and uh, the first experience I had with something as serious as uh, my parents having health issues is my dad had a heart attack, and I had to just kind of leave and go home and um, just just experience that for the first time. And uh, it was, you know, I am so incredibly close with my family that. It, it, it wasn't even something that I could have just like been like, okay, he's fine. He's in the hospital. He's fine. And everyone's saying that he'll be, he'll be okay. Like it was, it was not even like that. It was just like, okay, I got off the phone with my sister and I literally went right on the computer, booked my ticket home, called everyone and just was like, okay, I got to go. And it, 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 I went back and just experiencing that entire process was so just, just earth shattering to me. Um, that I just, you know, that's where, that's where that song is coming from. We're questioning time and life and mortality and everything that is our, our existence. Um, I just, I got put in a really dark place because of that, that stuff happening. And, uh, I, I suppose the positive to take away from that is yes, like you said, you want to recognize that, uh, time, life is short and time is, is essentially the enemy here and you need to to do your best to fight against that and and grab a hold of your life and 
you know, take the risks and go out there and do the things that you really want to do with it. Because, you know, at, at within the blink of an eye, you're going to look back and, and your whole life is going to be behind you. Uh, at least that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I see it. I'm, I'm very much living for, for my life and want to, to challenge the, the concept of time now and, and get the most out of every single day that I have. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I couldn't agree more, and I'm very sorry to hear that. And I, I mean, in that sense, and overall with with Graveyard Shift, do you think is have uh, you know fans really, really found a, a, a real positivity? And obviously, you know, we we're talking about the sort of the the stresses of it earlier on. But does it feel like there's that real sort of passionate, dedicated, motionless in white fan base has really found um, a whole range of positive, brilliant things within Graveyard Shift? Uh, yeah, I think I think our fans, thankfully. The, the ones who do understand the band and, and even a lot of new ones uh, have found what the message of the album is, is intended to be, whether it be to have those, those songs that have the intense message, whether it be the songs that were meant to be entertaining and, and a break from the seriousness, whether it be any aspect of what makes up the band and, and the graveyard shift cycle of the band. I, I'm very fortunate, especially you know on the tour that we're on right now, to see that so many people got it and uh, to see that people are showing up to see it and sing along and, and feel that and be a part of, of our band and our, the cycle of this album. Um, it just, it, you know, it, it takes everything that we talked about at the beginning of this, this conversation and makes me feel silly for even acknowledging it. And that, that I, I guess I, that's something I need to get over myself is like, you know, we, we started off talking so much about all the negativity that we've gotten, but really when you, when you come out and see these shows and you witness the, the faces of people, when you're singing the same lyrics back with one another and, and seeing all the fans that have supported the band, it's just so much stronger than, than any of that negativity could ever really uh, amount to. And it makes me feel so stupid for even acknowledging it, but it is a part of, it is a part of what frustrates me continuously. And, uh, I guess that's why I keep going back to it. Cause I'm just a inherently angry person. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just so happy for our fans that they get it. And that even, even in albums where maybe some people didn't quite get it or didn't quite love it, they still stick around and they still want to be a part of the band's growth. And that's, that's just something that I feel like I, I could never have dreamed of accomplishing. And, and I'm just so grateful to them for being around for everything. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Chris was, was, was full on, uh, really brilliant chat, potentially one of my favorites of the entire year. Um, I'm just, I think it's so cool that he wanted to settle all these things and just kind of talk. And it was, it, it was so, he had such a level of empathy and he talked about how, uh, he's learned his lessons as well as, you know, maybe disagreeing with certain people as well on what he was writing about and kind of clarifying what he really meant with the message. Tamsin? I mean, I think we all need to go back and listen through the album and actually kind of like, like listen properly to the lyrics and what he's saying into it. So I feel like a lot of people, as he said, have kind of overlooked what he was actually trying to say in the songs. Um, so I think, I think everyone just kind of needs to, you know, if you're a fan, if you kind of heard the album and, and was like, you know, what the hell is this about? What, like, what is going on? Go back and actually listen to the songs now, listen to the words that he's written, and hopefully they'll, they'll make a bit more sense. Um, but I also really liked what he said about Warp Tour, um, like all the emotions and, you know, doing the workshops and how important they were to him and how they influenced a lot of his writing. I think that was really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Jack? Um, I just think the biggest thing from it was that 
no matter how old you are, you never stop learning and you never stop picking up things. As he said that, like, he's learned his lesson from these things that he had and some of the things he said and maybe the way that it was put across and a lot about his own, like, empathy and humour and sort of thing. So I think it's something to say about everyone that it's like, you know, you never know everything. And even if you've been in the game for, like, 10 years, like, and done everything and seen everything and released all his albums, like... You ne- you've never reached the top like you should never never put yourself out from like bettering yourself and picking up other bits of advice definitely yeah so just really really like he's such an inspiring character and I think um, it sets a real kind of example of you know how, how brilliantly honest people can be and people in bands can be and uh, yeah like hopefully just hear much more from him in the new year big up Chris Motionless Jack it's listener questions all time underscore Martha has uh, asked us what our opinions on the new water park song is uh, which I think is a really nice place to start by just saying banger um, <laughs> but for me like because it was a bit of a surprise like um, entertainment like being announced last week and having a new song like it's completely new era of water parks it doesn't even feel like Double Dare has been around that long but just I, I came up with three F's to describe Blonde, which are frantic, fierce, and fruity. Ooh, fruity, <laughs> I like that one. Because, um, but I also feel that it's one of the most complete water park songs in a long while. It brings together everything which has made the band like, as unique as they are, and, but also added an extra layer of like grit on top. And when Austin starts shouting, yeah, yeah bring it, boy. I've, I've written down the shouty bit is great uh, but also bop, <laughs> bop with a capital B yeah. oh yeah it's, it's, um, it's I, I definitely think it's probably the best Warpark song I've heard um, yeah it was like kind of completely out of the blue and I really like the the like high notes and the chorus and then the shouty bit it was like oh yeah go on and um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What about you, Will? Yeah, total banger. Yeah, I think it's Waterparks covering new ground. Uh, we've heard entertainment. We actually had it today. Um, and Waterparks have uh, have completely done the right thing. And that you know, we talked about it when we had Austin on the show a few weeks ago. But they've done exactly what we hoped, and that they've they've covered a lot of new ground while also still sounding like the Waterparks that we know and love. Obviously, perfect middle ground. So entertainment, get excited for that. But no spoilers. But as for Blonde, yeah, it's an absolute banger. Just like you say, bop, banger, like just so much fun. Total dance floor filler. Yeah, can't wait for you guys to hear more. Sick. Um, Milo and Twitch, sick name, um, asked, after such a huge increase in pop punk bands in the past few years, what is like to be the next subgenre of rock alternative music to gain more attention? What I think will bring a comeback is because we've had pop punk in like it came back in most of its forms of like like the happy, the sad, like it reinvented itself. I think that classic two thousand six, two thousand, two thousand and eight, like power pop is gonna come back in big style, like Metro Station style stuff. Or just like those like the American sound when it's like bands who um who were just revved up on synths and neon and massive haircuts and like bright <laughs> colours but it's going to come back and it's going to be cool because back then you know when it's the MySpace pure volume days it was seen a bit like cringy but I think it's going to come back and it's just going to have like this sexy new twist I've gone for something completely different to that 
Um, I think we've already kind of seen it um, this year and a bit of last year as well. The kind of like really emo, hardcore side of things. So you've, particularly in the UK as well, the UK is smashing it right now. You've got bands like Casey, Holding Absence, um, Terrible Love that are kind of doing, they're doing hardcore, but it's a little bit more melodic. Mm. Um, and it's got just like, like that Casey album, for example, is just absolutely gut-wrenching. Oh, it's, sit, like, it's sit in the shower. It's sit in the shower yeah. and cry, and it's it's like, like <laughs> it's an amazing record, but it does really like kind of stick a knife in your heart, and you're like, whew, kind of like needs to take mm. a, a breather once you listen to it. But yeah, like, I, I I would like to see more bands like that. Like, I love pop punk, don't get me wrong. All, all here from new pop punk bands, but yeah, the feels, man hit me with the <laughs> Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think it's going to be, it's, it's already happening completely, but this is just going to keep snowballing out of control, I think. Um, this blurry, kind of beat-heavy, trappy uh, hip-hop with emo and alt-rock. So kids who have grown up, I mean, kids who've grown up recently as well, like people potentially still in their teens who love things like ASAP Rocky, but also love things like Neck Deep. Those two worlds are just going to keep colliding, colliding, colliding until there's basically they're the same thing. So that's what's going to happen there, I think. And also uh, heavier stuff as well. Bands trying very fearless things. New things like we've had Wage War on the show and obviously Architects and While She Sleeps and those sort of bands doing so well and that the mainstream is kind of opening their arms to those bands. I think that's going to really, really open a floodgate to heavier bands coming back into the, uh, the spotlight again. Because even, you know, bands like Don Broco aren't quote-unquote really really heavy their new stuff is pretty weird and to be honest pretty heavy so it's bleeding into all sorts of different music so yeah stuff's gonna get heavy again and just to finish um joseph.dreams has asked which band or artist do you think deserves a grammy award mayday parade <laughs> just default what, answer what, what, what award though <laughs> what award would they win Ooh. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know any particular Grammy Awards. I, I think they were <laughs> best, uh, most emotional career, or um, like best sad jam. Grammy, like, like and be- the Grammy for all the best sad jam. <laughs> but yeah, Mayday Parade all day. Sure. Um, I've gone for Broadside for making the best pop punk pop punk bangers of the year. Good shout. I would have gone for Let Live, but they are no longer a band. So I'm going for Neck Deep because they are the best band in Britain on with Architects, who can also have a Grammy. So yeah, Neck Deep and Architects, basically. Thanks, everyone. Love you. Love it. So shop.rocksound.tv, of course, the Falling Reverse bundles are very much on sale. Uh, you can get the deluxe bundle if you're a Falling Reverse diehard or just want some really, really cool stuff. It's two limited edition Falling Reverse covers, an exclusive tote bag, exclusive pin badge, hand signed post print by Mr. Ronnie Racky himself, and a really, really cool huge sticker sheet. You can get a sticker bundle, which is the two limited edition covers and the sticker sheet. So super, super cool. Loads to get involved with. The actual cover story itself, done by editor or director Ryan Bird, fascinating look into Ronnie Radke and Fall in Reverse their year it's their only UK cover this year and it really really goes into all sorts of what's been going on with that band and what's been going on with Ronnie himself you know past members leaving it's, it's a warts and all interview really really interesting stuff the magazine also features chats with against the current and architects an amazing feature that we've launched on the secret rock star fascinating stuff so get involved shop.rocksound.tv Spotify playlists of course our updated rock sound charts number one right now is who Jack? <laughs> It is water park. Yeah, it is. We're blonde. 
absolutely brilliant. Let's uh, say last week we had Tonight Live with Temple. It was an absolute banger, of course. The week before was Don Broke with Stay Ignorant. So just always being updated. Amazing stuff. Follow us on Spotify. We've also got tons of other places on there. So check it all out. Spotify, Roxanne, follow us. And our Scuzz TV show as well. Uh, new episodes on daily on Scars. Goes along with the magazine. If you want to find out and listen to all the new bangers from all the bands that are included in this month's magazine, watch it on Scars TV on daily Scars TV. So, interview two, Ash Costello. Uh, so, I spoke to Ash about it was going to be about the Haxons, really, which, uh, of course, their debut album, Party Monsters. Uh, it's a collaboration with uh, Piggy D from uh, Rob Zombie's band. What a uh, name. <laughs> it was good. It was going to be about that, really, in the album that's come out, which uh, our uh, advertising director, Ben Crodgington, absolutely loves. But it actually turned again. It kind of transformed into a chat about all kinds of stuff and the kind of where the future of New Year's Day is going to go. And she told me some stuff about what their uh, releases are and about potential of an album and what happened there before they went to Warped Tour. Fascinating stuff. So yeah, here we go, Ash Costello. Cool, so let's uh, let's start with uh, with Warped. You did uh, New Year's Day with Warped over the summer. How was it? It was so fucking awesome. We've done Warped Tour seven times and wow. over a span of 10 years. And, you know, we, we are the classic Warped Tour story where we were the nobody band with no record label and Kevin Lyman just liked us, wanted to give us a shot and put us on the Kevin Says stage. We worked our way up over the years to main stage. And they, I'm very proud of that story and very proud we never gave up and proud we worked hard continuously and, and, and achieved it. You know, we made it to main stage. And it was great. Amazing. Amazing. How was it? Was it the best walk yeah. tour you've done? Like, was it, was it, was it up there oh, with yeah. the absolute best? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember my first warp tour where we had to really struggle to get anyone to even come and watch us. Maybe if we were lucky, we'd have 20 people there, you know? And um, we would do a sign. Remember, we did a signing at our first Warped Tour. We only did one signing because we showed up to the table and no one was there to meet us. <laughs> so, and that memory, I, I kept replaying in my head over and over when we would walk on stage to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of kids and um, do signings that would last hours. You know, we'd have to cut it off. We could hear the security people over the radio saying, like, New Year's Day signings causing a fire hazard. <laughs> so it just was really, really cool to know where we started and where we came from and where we've ended up. And it was just really satisfying. Oh, man, that's so, so cool. So in terms of yeah. with the, the Haxons album, then, in terms of timeline, then, was that recorded before you went? I guess it would have been recorded before you went off to Warped. Um, can I take us inside that process? Like, how was it kind of doing that and then heading off onto Warped with New Year's Day? Dude, the Haxons record took three years to make. <laughs> it, it was. It took a long time. Me, I can't, when I say that, I still can't believe three years have gone by. Because I met Piggy years and years ago at uh, the Metal God Awards. You know, we just bumped into each other on the red carpet. A mutual friend introduced us. And it was like separated at birth, you know, twins. We just had so much in common. And that was years and years and years ago. So he goes, Do you, are you interested in doing this project with me? But between me always touring with New Year's Day and him touring with Rob Zombie, it was hard to find time to, to focus on a whole record. So we do, you know, two or three songs, one week that we we were both home at the same time and then six months would go by and we'd have another week we were both home at the same time and then like you know another six months would go by and here's another spare week we have so it actually took a really long time but we we finished it right before this warp tour 
Amazing. So was it kind of pieced together over those three, year, three years then? So it was kind of like every time you had uh, a bit of time to write together, you'd make use of that and that sort of thing. Kind of how was, how was that process? Yeah, it was basically um, any chance we were scheduled at the same time off tour, we would get together at his house and write music. So, man, there was no rhyme or reason. It, it was like, again, it was really hard to schedule anything. We just kind of had to go with the flow of it. And, uh, the, you know, we had to just cross our fingers and hope for the best, honestly. I never, like, push the timing of anything, and he's the same way. Well, but he's actually, he's more like that than me, which is a good thing because I'm not. I'm always like, it'll get done when it gets done. It'll, it'll, it'll finish itself when it's meant to be finished. The universe will tell us. And I'm very, like, laid back, and he's the one that's kind of, no, we got to get this done. We need it out now. We need to do it. So he, he was the one that was really pushing it along, and I was more, like, all, hippie, all hippie-ish about it. <laughs> amazing so in terms of it sonically as well it's like it's a real opportunity to be creative in kind of a different way because there are links to new year's day but it's sonically quite different um is this kind of a way for you to Uh to kind of explore your other influences i guess oh yeah i mean the hatches for both me and matt are is it's something we both wanted to exist in the world it's the kind of music we've been wanting to hear someone make so we just took it in our own hands and made it for ourselves because it's, you can hear Rob Zombie influence. You can hear New Year's Day influence. Of course, those things are in there, but it's got its own thing, man. It's got like some funky 80s funk prints going on. And, um, it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just classic rock meets funk meets, uh, classic Halloween party vinyl from when you're a kid. And, um, it's, it's being described as like your Halloween party record, but it's really, it's a year round. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome for year round. It's not just a Halloween thing, but I can see how people would easily call it that. Just, just based on the way him and I look day to day, I can see why anyone would describe it like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, definitely. Cause like you've got songs like dirty magic, which are quite like you say, I mean, there's so much going on, but that's quite, that's pretty dancey and it's got a kind of electronic hook to it. Whereas like lights out has almost like rock and rolly stomp to it. So it's kind of, it's a very eclectic record. Um, is that something that you really, really wanted to be the case going into it? Oh yeah. I could see how this type of music can be samey, especially a record like this can get very samey very easily and so we made each song different than the next. And I think also what helped us a lot, too, is the fact that it was so spread out over time. So, you know, you're changing constantly as a person, as an artist. You're constantly evolving, constantly changing. So what you're going to write six months ago, you know, is different than what you're going to write today. And what I write six months from now is going to be different than what I think is cool today. So that was a big part of the record going in so many different directions. But it, it still all makes sense, which is great. It still all makes a cohesive record, and we were we're really happy with that because that's what we wanted. We wanted, and we at shows like we would talk about well, what kind of music we want to be playing? What's the show? What would the show be like? And we both agreed we don't want to see head banging, moshing. Like we want people dancing. Literally, we always say shaking a tail feather, old school Ike and Tina Turner dancing in the aisles. So we they really focused on that. That was like our one focus on every song was we just want people to dance even if it's a more of a rock song than a dance song we just want them dancing so there was a real kind of fun vibe that you wanted to go for with it oh yeah 100 percent. we didn't want to take anything seriously at all 
not even a little bit amazing yeah because especially with like the videos well you've released so far and that sort of thing there's such a kind of cool kind of like it's like a sort of it's say they're very unique looking and there's such a fun dancey vibe to them is that kind of like <laughs> thank is, you oh pleasure like is that kind of like i guess with um as, as the album comes out and everything like with the album coming out with fans finally hearing everything um is that kind of is it kind of like a really uplifting kind of record because obviously new year's day can get pretty dark and pretty heavy and that sort of thing is this kind of the flip yeah, side true. to that i guess New Year's Day is very heavy, and the messages in it are heavy, you know? And um, I go for that with New Year's Day. New Year's Day is my therapy in that aspect. I take it way, I don't want to say I take it more seriously than I do with the Hatchins. That's not what I mean. What I mean is the message is a bit more serious. I don't look at a New Year's Day. So I'm like, let's just have fun and roll around in the aisles. That's not really what I go for with New Year's Day. But with the Hatchins, all of that went out the window, and I, I think just personally, I needed that too. I needed that to, ha- to happen. And um, the, the video, so I can't take any credit for that. That's, that all comes from the genius mastermind of, of Piggy. And we were watching a lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, old school horror like Suspiria, Inferno. I mean, if, you, if you're familiar with um, the old school horror movie Suspiria, oh, yeah. you can see that influence all over our press photos, all over the music videos. And, and like, you know, our favorite horror movies, House of a Thousand Corpses, things, things of that nature. So you're going, right. for, going for that kind of Italian uh, Dario Argento kind of like colorful look then? Oh, you do. You are familiar with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what we're going for. So there was a real kind of um, a kind of a classic horror influence then all over this, but like a very sort of unusual one though, because like you say, like Dario Argento is quite a, um, I guess, quite a niche influence. It's weird. Oh yeah, that's. I don't think it gets much more niche than that, you know. <laughs> and uh, it, but that's the thing when it when it comes to me and Matt, it, it's fucking weird. The <laughs> the the shit that comes out of his mouth and the stuff that comes out of my mouth. It, we look at each other all the time and we're like, no fucking way. That's how I feel about it. Or that's what I thought. Or me too. That's my favorite. And when, when we were talking about Suspiria and, and um, how much of a major influence that's had on us, but we've never gotten to show that in music, we were both like, dude, now's the time. Now's the time to, to go there. It's just really cool being on the same page. And it's really cool being in a band with just one other person, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. Did that kind of, um, I guess, did that lend to, um, I, I guess, because you were just, it was just the two of you bouncing off each other. Um, did it feel like it was a much more kind of, uh, I guess, not focused, but a much more kind of like, um, I guess you had total control. You and Piggy had total control over it, I guess. Did it feel, did that, did it feel like that? Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, honestly, with, with New Year's Day, we've always had big producers and and management and um, lots of lots of other outside opinions, and I've learned to live with that. And it was really nice to let that go completely because it was just me and Matt. It was me and Matt, and whatever the fuck we thought was cool. And uh, that's a nice change of pace. It really is amazing and it sounds like you say i mean it sounded like you were saying that you uh you really needed this album then was it was it a real kind of was it a release then from everything else was it a way of kind of um allowing yourself to indulge those those other interests and kind of have a much more kind of uh a project that you could control a lot more was that was that really therapeutic in that sense oh absolutely i mean just the way i was able to sing was really more 
in like New Year's Day is a very specific style of vocal, and I my range of vocal is so much so much broader and larger than that. And with the Hasmans, I got to showcase that. So I remember the first time I showed my band members to go, well, you can sing like that. It's like, I've always been able to sing like that. It's, it's always been there. And, uh, but I just, I don't ever really get to show it. So I was really, really thrilled that I got to showcase my voice a little bit more. So in terms of the mm-hmm. actual project itself, um, how much of a, a separate project to New Year's Day is it? I mean, is this just going to be something that you guys do for fun or uh, are we going to be seeing quite a lot of you or kind of what's the plan in, in, on that side of things? You know, there's really no plan because he's obviously very committed and still in Rob Zombie and I still have New Year's Day. So it's hard to make a plan right now, but we know what we both want and we both really, really, really want to make this uh, something that you know, just a part of our lives. We, we tour with the Hacksons, play shows with the Hacksons. It's just something we want to have. So we're, we're working on making that happen. We've never actually played a show. Like that, the kind of first step out the door is the hardest. So we're trying to just get that first show going so we can get the ball rolling on being a band. Because that first show is kind of always the hardest one to put together. Once you get on a roll, it's easy. Yeah, for sure. In terms of that first show as well, like, I mean, obviously I'm not sure how far along the plans are or anything for it, but would you, are, you pl- are you hoping to bring that real kind of striking visual aesthetic to, to the show itself? Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, we've barely just started scratching the surface of what we're going to bring to the table live. But between him and I... I I don't even know. Well, someone's going to have to hold us back. Someone's <laughs> going to have to be keeping an eye on this because it's going to get out of control. I, I can already see it happening. But it's going to be really fun, though. It, it will be. I mean, so on, on the flip side of that, then, with New Year's Day, you guys have been in the studio um, or you're making a new album. Um, kind of how far along is that process? Like, is that is that something that's very much in the initial stages or kind of how, how's that going? It is not in any stages right now. We actually, right before Warped Tour, spent three, almost four weeks in the studio, and we wrote uh, nearly 20 songs. Oh, wow. And when we were done, we scrapped all of them. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yep, we scrapped them all because we were just not feeling it. It wasn't what we wanted. And... um, Man, even looking back, I'm like, I can't believe we decided to do that. Because, you know, we, 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 even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted it, we put in a lot of hard work. You know, and even if the song doesn't come out the way we want, the song took a lot of hard work. So we listened to all the songs and we decided to scrap all of it. And that was right before Warped Tour and we didn't have time to do anything else. So um, when we got home from Warped Tour, we go, okay, it's going to be a while until this next album comes out because we're, we're definitely feeling the pressure on this one. And the way New Year's days always work is we have a record label or management team telling us you have 30 days to finish this record and that's it. It's done. It's coming out because, you know, X, Y, and Z depends on its release. This time we all agree that we're going to let the album tell us when it's done. There's no timeline. There's no limitation. When the album is done, we'll know it. And that's when we'll say it's done. So we know it's going to be a while. So in the meantime, in the months between Warped Tour and the Tour on Now, we did an EP that we're going to release next month just to kind of hold everyone over. 
and we did an EP of our favorite songs that we covered. So I'm actually really excited about it. Cool. So, so the EP is, is the covers. Yeah. It's uh, five covers, one original song. Um, and one of the covers we're playing on this tour and it's, we decided to cover Pantera's fucking hot Foul. Oh man. Cool. And, um, yeah, <laughs> which was really important to me to do. This is one of my all time favorite songs. It's collectively a favorite New Year's Day song. We're all huge Pantera fans. And I just really wanted people to see that a girl could do it just fine. Because when I first um, pitched it, they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's really, they go, it's really hard. You think you can. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, give me the fucking song. Let me show you. (laughs) And so it came out brilliant. And we play it every night. And it's just so cool to be a female shredding that song, A New Butthole. I cannot wait to hear that. So in terms of the EP, then, the covers that are on there, is, um, is, it, is it completely metal-based, or is it a range of genres? Or I don't maybe you can't give that away yet. Um, well, I can say the, the management team came to me and goes, you have to pick something other than 90 songs, because <laughs> that's all I like. So, um, yeah, it, it ranges. There's, you know, there's a, a bit from every influence for all of us. You know, there's an 80s goth song. There's the metal song there's you know a fe- there's a my favorite female fronted band but i'm not allowed to say any of them but um i'm really happy with it it's really hard to narrow it down to five songs though that, that was probably the hardest part <laughs> yeah for sure i mean as well with the uh, the, the original song that's on there as well is that something that carried over from those those sessions that you scrapped or is this something totally separate it carried over it was one of the ones we really loved and um, we played it at Warp Tour, and we were really excited to record it and actually give it, uh, like, a body, you know? So uh, it's called Disgust Me, and that one will be on the EP. I'm really excited about that. Wow, okay, cool. Can't wait to hear it. So then going into 2018 then, so you're going to be armed with this new tune, all these new covers. Um, is it just going to be kind of tour, tour, tour until the album kind of, like you say, naturally comes? Or, or kind of what's, what's the plan there, if there is one? No, unfortunately, it's not going to be tour, 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 because I love touring, <laughs> of course. But um, we, after this tour, we are stopping until the album is done. But to be honest, I, we kind of got a tour offer thrown at us uh, a week ago for early, for the start of the year and it's going to be really hard to say no to it if we do I don't, I don't think we I think we're going to do it so that's the problem is we keep getting all these amazing tour offers and we we're going to have to at one point just buckle down and say no and finish this record yeah so really really interesting like I say that the album being scrapped and stuff like that again I just kind of wasn't expecting it um Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Jack, what did you take from it? Um, yeah, the biggest thing I took was the fact that they're feeling the pressure, uh, which is a really interesting kind of place to be for a band which has played seven warp Tours when you feel as though the pressure's kind of eased from um, years of experience. But I think it's quite nice that Ash has had the Haxons to like let loose with like in different ways which you can't with New Year's Day because you can see that a lot of her personal passions and like interests have been injected into this mental album of horror movies and bright colours and naughty things. Um, <laughs> um, but I think it's really interesting that like they've like a lot of bands are doing that, scrapping the whole album, you know, like um, and and it's like not settling for second best and actually wanting to be the best that they can be 
and it's really interesting to hear like how much she's like yeah man like it's, it's all gone and so I think uh, and it's interesting to know that there's an EP coming and they're gonna do Pantera so I can't wait to hear that you oh know? man yeah yeah it sounds like that is gonna be so good I love that she said as well that it's you know she wanted to show that a front woman could smash that song as well yeah. uh, Tamsin what did you take from it yeah I've noted that down as well like the just the way she like worded it when she was just like basically I wanted to cover Pantera song and the guys were like oh I don't know can you do it and she was like hell yeah I can do it pass me the <laughs> mic now I'm gonna show you that I can shred just as hard as anyone which is amazing like big up to her um, and I think it's it's really nice to kind of hear her, like, the Haxons is obviously a project which, which, as Jack said, it kind of allows her to let loose. She doesn't have the pressures of labels and managers, and which, as she said, she, she's kind of got used to with New Year's Day, having other people's opinions on the music and what they do and what they don't do. So it, it, I think every, every artist needs that project where they can just kind of do what they want. Like, even if it takes three years to make an album, like, it, that, again, it allows them time to just kind of change bits and write new things and put their own real twist in it and kind of just do what they want to do. And it's, you know, they, they want to make it a thing and tour it and do plans, but there's also, there isn't that pressure to really do that. It's just kind of a fun thing that is you know they're they're enjoying which you know fair play i think i think uh, quite a lot of people in bands do side projects like you know and team up with the other band members and stuff so i'm really interested to kind of see if if it develops into a bigger thing you know on the scale of rob zombie and new year's day or if it just kind of stays at a oh we kind of do this when we can fun time <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it just she's clearly got so much love for the Haxons as well. It seems like such a passion project, like you say. Um, so I hope that just gets all the success it deserves. And uh, yeah, cannot wait to hear these new tunes for New Year's Day. These covers, it just sounds like they've absolutely smashed it. So yeah, huge shout out to Ash. Brilliant stuff. So just a reminder: shop.rocksound.tv. The Fall in Reverse bundles are very much still on sale. The deluxe bundles, again, two limited edition Fall in Reverse covers with an exclusive tote bag, an exclusive pin badge, hand signed poster print by Ronnie himself and a huge sticker sheet or if you can get the sticker bundle which is two limited edition covers with the huge sticker sheet fascinating cover story one of the most fascinating characters in our world really really brilliant also features chats against the current architect Seagull Rockstar so much more brilliant stuff follow us on Spotify as well the Rock Sound Charts updated weekly follow us on there and Scuzz TV show is also on daily so check that out and read along with the magazine for all the new bangers from all the best bands around the Rock Sound world so yeah, come to an end. That has flown by. Always does. It really does, Always yeah. Does. You guys have a good time? Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a really gothy time this week. <laughs> gothy time. Yeah. I feel like we need to go home and practice our eyeliner. Can't wait for that. See you guys next week. Yeah, see you later, Bye. boy. Love you. Bye. <laughs>